Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing well. I just told Chase that, you know, the only way that I can go is up because the whole last sermon I've preached with my fly down the whole time. And so, like, I'll be alright, you know. But, uh, my name is Blaine Hewitt. I am the youth pastor here, and I just want to say it is an honor to be a part of this church. It's an honor to be a youth pastor. If you're a youth parent in here, like, oh man, I, it's a joy to be a part of the youth group, and even be just a part of these kids' lives. Um, yeah, the youth group is going awesome, it's going great, um, yeah, it's going, it's going great, and I just, I want to thank you guys so much for your prayers. Um, you know, maybe you don't get to directly see what happens in a youth group or what goes on, but I just want to say that your prayers mean so much to us, and Lord knows that me and the leaders need it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, well, yes, we do need your prayers, but I'm not kidding about, yeah, um, but I just, yeah, thank you so much for praying for us. It means a ton. I never want to preach without honoring Pastor Shane. I know he's not here, but um, about a month ago, I was just going through a tough time of discouragement, thinking that I wasn't good enough, that I was failing at my job. And I was able to approach Shane and talk to him about that. And I don't know how many people would be able to approach their boss <laughs> and say that stuff. Um, but I was able to do it. And I just want to give honor to him. He's such a, they are both such a blessing that they lead this church. And when you see him, tell him thank you. So it's an honor to preach, and I'm ready to preach today. I hope you all came hungry for the word, and I am ready to go. So let's, uh, let, let me pray, and then we'll jump in. So, dear Lord, thank you so much today. Thank you so much that you are here in our midst. God, I just pray that you would speak through me, that God, that your word would just come to all of us. God, I pray that you'd give each and every one of this, somebody just something today, something to let them know that you are with them, that you are for them, that you love them. God, would you show off? And in this, in this moment, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You ever have a feeling that you're like, I really don't belong here? And like one of those things is like when you're in a conversation, like with a crazy person, and you are giving them all the signs that you want to leave the conversation, like the, the dip to the door, the step, and like, okay, all right, okay, and you keep trying to, but they keep just talking to you and keep talking to you, but you're giving them all the signs that you really, really want to leave this conversation, and all you can think of your mind is like, I don't belong here, and all these different things. Um, I had an instance like this when I was in high school, when I was about a freshman, um, I just kept thinking like, man, I don't belong here. Um, it was a really dumb decision, and when I was in ninth grade, me and one of my friends decided at about midnight that we would sneak two girls over and watch a movie for some whatever reason. And about 3 a.m., Chase Baker was there, but he slept, he slept the whole time, and so he had nothing to do with this. Chase is a saint. He's a way better person than I am. So, so about 3 a.m., our worst nightmare happens that the dad walks down the stairs. And I'm like, I don't belong here, looking for every way to get out. Um, and then he kicks the girls out, and then while he's yelling at my friend, not Chase, um, while he's yelling at my friend, I'm sitting on the stairs, like, you know, how courageous am I, like, not to take the trouble. But um, that, then my dad picks me up that morning so that we can go and play basketball, because we play in the mornings against some other guys. And as soon as I walked out to the car, I was like, Dad, made a stupid decision last night. Da, 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 this happened, but I lied about what time they came over. And I was like, you know, it was about midnight. And, um, and dad was like, okay. And so while we're playing, my dad gets a text from the other dad, like, hey, it was about like 3 a.m. that this happened. And as soon as my dad noticed that I lied, that I did these things, 
all in front of all these guys we were playing basketball in front of, he goes, all right, let's get on the line, Blaine. It's time for you to run some laps. And like, what if that was my punishment? Like who, you know, like I'm not giving parenting advice, but like, I guess it worked. You know, I never did it again. But, um, but in that instant, in that instant, I, I, you know, like, like I just had this feeling like I don't belong in those decisions. I don't belong living that sort of lifestyle. Like I regretted what I had done. But let, maybe we need to go a little bit deeper than that. Like some of us might have made choices today that you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I don't belong in this position. Or maybe somebody left in your life, or maybe something happens where you're like, I don't think I belong here in this situation or these circumstances that have happened to me. And maybe we can even go a little bit deeper than that. Maybe when we turn on the news, or maybe recently we faced death or gone to a funeral, or something might have happened where you're like thinking in your soul and your mind, you're like, I don't think that this is supposed to be a part of this world. I don't think that this should be going on. And there could be so many different circumstances that ha that happens with where you are thinking, man, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And I think every single person in this room like, we have maybe felt this, or faced this, of facing something that you just know in your soul. You know, from when I was like 12 to 18, I had the blessing of knowing my, all of my great-grandparents and grandparents. But from 12 to 18, about one or two years, everybody, I got to, I, oh my goodness, here we go. From 12 to 18, I watched them, unfortunately, die. It was a blessing to know them, but I went to all their funerals. And you know what? Never, the funerals never got normal. They were always a shock. And I think that's because our souls are just not used to it. And we don't belong in those places. And to be honest, I think Jesus had a similar experience like this. And so that's where we're going to be living today is that Jesus goes to funerals. So we're going to be in John 11. John 11. So can we go there? John 11, 32 through 35. So Jesus goes to attend his friend Lazarus's funeral. And what a great guest to have at a funeral. Jesus, that is. Um, but this is where we're going to be living today. And this is what a, a conversation and story that Jesus has. And this is where we're going to set it up with. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. If anybody wants a point for memorizing a Bible verse, there it is. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, but honestly, I think it's the most powerful verse that we could ever read. And when you really reflect on it and really think about it, that we actually have a God who stands outside his friend's tomb and cries. That is so moved by emotions, by seeing his friend and other people moved by emotions, that he actually cries to think of it. That he is not this God or Savior that is removed from society or removed from your story or removed from this world, but no, he is moved to tears by his friend dying. And I just want to let you know today that Jesus was also moved to this stuff when you faced pain and hurt and those things that made you feel like you don't belong. That Jesus also cried of those things that you want to. That he was not okay with those things that you face about those people leaving or that thing that happened in your life that caused you deep 
pain in your life, that Jesus was not okay with it. And also, Jesus was not okay with what happened is happening in this world now. Jesus is not okay with war and hurt, that we actually serve a God that is not removed from these things, but no, he is deeply involved and he is deeply, and he is not okay with it. We, have, we serve a God who cries for this stuff. And how amazing it is that, that God is actually deeply moved by this, that he is not okay. And what I think this story does, and hopefully what I want to do today while I preach, is actually show you a reality, or violate your reality that you think God is removed, or what Jesus is doing in this story actually violates your reality of what you think is possible, or where God is working in your life. And I think that's what Jesus is doing was here with his people in this story, just by these verses here. Because we can only see so much. We can only see so much of our story. We can only see so much of what God is doing. And so we're going to read these verses, John 11, 17 through 27. Now, when Jesus came, he found out that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Stop. So, some of us today have faced some really, really hard things. And honestly, some of you are probably thinking the same thing that Martha thought. God, if you would have just shown up, God, if you would have just done this, Jesus, if you could have done this, I maybe wouldn't have made this decision, or maybe this person wouldn't have left, and you are here to confront Jesus or to confront God. And isn't it amazing that we serve a God that is actually okay with you questioning him and coming to you with your hurt and your pain? And maybe some of you today are saying this, man, if God would have just shown up in my situation. But I believe that God wants to show you so much deeper of who he is, just like Jesus is trying to show to Mary. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, coming into the world. Okay, spoiler here, Lazarus actually lives. But what we see here is that Jesus is trying to show Martha deeply that he is resurrection and he is life. But Martha just can't see it yet. And the same thing is happening to you. I thought God was going to show up. I thought God was going to do this. But God wants to show you that he is so much deeper than just what is happening right now. And he sees things so much deeper differently than we see them, that our reality that we see might not be the same reality that God is seeing right now. And your story is not over, just like Lazarus's story was not over. Martha thought the story was done. Martha thought Lazarus was dead, but apparently Jesus did not say, think the same thing, because John 11, 11, he says this. Before he even goes to the funeral, Jesus says this. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go to awaken him. See, what we call death, or what we call done, or what we call over, what we think is done, God has only said that it's asleep. Or God has still thinks that it is alive, it is well, it is active. Maybe you have some dead dreams today, or maybe you thought relationships were over, or maybe you thought your story was over, or there's no way you can get back to where you were with joy and peace and happiness. But I just want you to know that your story is not over, and God does not see it the same way. 
And, man, I just hope that we see that today, that God is not saying the same thing over your life that you might be thinking the same thing too. That God is saying a different thing to you today, and I honestly believe this is what Jesus is saying to all of us today. And that is this amazing verse in John 11, 43 and 44. And when he said these things, he cried out, and he's standing before the tomb now, after he had cried, with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen straps and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. What I believe that God is saying to all of us today is to come out. Lazarus, come out. To come out of that pain. To come out of that sorrow. See, you don't belong in death. You belong in resurrection. You belong in the life that God has called you. You don't belong in the pain or the hurt or the stress or the anxiety or the depression that you are facing right now. No, you belong in the life that God has created you to live. You don't have to live there anymore. Jesus is calling you to come out today. Lazarus, come out of that grave. And then you come out. And he says this, and I love this verse when you really think about it. And he says, and he said, the man who had died came out and his hands and his feet were still bound with linen strips and his face wrapped in the cloth. And I think what Jesus, and Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. You see, you don't have to carry around that stuff anymore. You don't have to carry around the grave clothes anymore. You can take them off. You don't have to live with that stuff anymore. Jesus is inviting you into freedom. Jesus is inviting you to an amazing life that he's created for you and for me. And we don't have to live with that stuff anymore. And that's where Jesus is calling us today. And so it takes courage and strength to step out of this grave because Jesus is calling us there today. And I don't want anybody to stay in that place of death and pain and anxiety. And it is time to come out of the grave. You know, recently, like what I was talking about earlier, I was just facing super deep discouragement with youth group and what I was doing. I feel like I just was not doing a good job when everything else was pointing to that I was okay. I was, I, I was in a season where I felt like God deeply only cared if I did good stuff for him. I was in a deep season of legalism. I was in a deep season of working to try to make thing, everything good in my life. Or that I thought that I had to do it. And so I started taking credit for all the good stuff, which is really scary. And I started taking credit for all the bad stuff, which is also really scary. Unfortunately, after youth group one night on a Monday, I was completely discouraged and I was so sad. And I was like, man, where is this coming from? And unfortunately, I got to talk to Pastor Shane and I got to spend time with God and talking to a lot of other people. But I started to realize that I was living in such a place of legalism, of trying to get God to love me and to care for me when he had already called me out and said that I love you and I care for you. And it's not about that stuff that you did or it's not about how good you are, the success that you have had. And he has called me out of that today. And I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to take off the grave clothes, so to say. But that is what I'm talking about, is you don't have to live that way anymore. And all of us are facing so many different things. And and this is where I want to end, too. Is, you know, some of us in this room today might be thinking, you know, that's really cool that Jesus cries. That's really cool that he raised Lazarus from the dead. That's really cool. You know, that's a good story. Um, But... You know, he did that for Lazarus, but what did he really do for me in this moment? Because I'm facing some really real stuff right now. In the next verse, 
or in the next section of verses, there's this, it says this, the plot to kill Jesus. See, Jesus, when he decided to go and raise Lazarus from the dead, he entered Jerusalem. And Jesus knew if he was going to go raise Lazarus from the dead, his friend, he knew it was the start to him going to the cross. He knew that this decision was going to change everything, and this was the first domino to fall for him going to the cross. <clears throat> and honestly, I think that this... I think that this moment where he sees his friend die and he sees the toll that death takes on the human experience, I think it gave Jesus the resolve to understand, I need to take this cross thing on. And I need to take death, hell, and the grave on, and I need to conquer it. You see, Jesus on the cross took all of your hurt, took all of your pain, took all the darkness of the world onto himself so that we could live a life. And what people thought was death was really victory. And so Jesus sees it completely different. See, that's what Jesus did for you and me. He took all that stuff that we've been through, and he died for you and me. And he took it on himself, and he rose on the third day so that we know that this resurrection thing is real life stuff. And so you're not meant to live in death anymore. You're not supposed to live in that life that he has called you out. No, you belong in resurrection. And we are supposed to carry this stuff everywhere where we go and to make it a better place and let people know that there is hope beyond just this. And death is not the final thing that is there. No, we belong in resurrection. Everybody does. And so God is actively hunting down his kids. <clears throat> and yeah, so that's where I'm going to end. And I just want you to know today, no matter what you're facing, that God is there, and he is active, and he is calling you out of it today. So let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you're here. Thank you so much that you're in this moment, God. Thank you so much that you are calling us out of pain. You're calling us out of anxiety. You're calling us out of those things, and you're calling us into life. God, may we be filled with courage to take that stuff. May we be filled with courage to live the life that you have called us to live, and also courage to bring this to other people. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.